0: Gan on the Vandi Divad Priya Puro Karanabhata Vandi Shivishna Chaitanya Nirtananda Savadito Gorodai Pushpa Bhanto Chitrasam Dottam Vanya Hamshi Ramakrishna Vabhaya Charanasato Sukhado Paramananda Sungaro Subhagapriya he Krishna, Karuna, Sindhu, Deenabandu, Chagatade, Bhupi-shavropi-kathanta, Rara-gantanu-sute, Taptakan-chan-aburangi-radhe-vindam-nishpare, Vishwan-sute-devi, Rana-mami-parite.
1: Shiguri Vashnagur, Parangur, Ki-jai. Yeah. bhagavad Gita Ki-jai. Yeah. So, nice to be with you all again this morning, and um, we're going to continue the discussion where we left off and go into a little more depth, as you may recall, we were hearing about the the dilemma of material existence, um, how to act how to behave this is a dilemma um, and the nature we've included of the world and the world of action in relation to our uh, surroundings action through our senses both our senses of perception and our senses of action like our legs and arms and so forth uh, in relation to sense objects this type of movement is is such that, uh, invariably, to put it in the uh, phraseology of the Bhagavatam, one living being is food for another. It's a very Darwinian kind of a, uh, notion. Um, and so, troublesome uh, place if you will, Um, and by place, we mean material consciousness, self-centered, egoic consciousness, those actions, those movements, subsequent thoughts that promote self-centeredness. And uh, therefore, if we are in pursuit of the good and... um, are having trouble as we will in such a world of acting perfectly good, if you will. Um, many times, and I'll use it again. Well, let's say it like this the fact is that one person's feast is another person's humor. Mm-hmm. That's how the world works, that's very difficult. How uh, good do you want to be? Step down here, it comes up over right there. Um, the other day, Bella caught a lizard, and she was proud to tell me that she saved the lizard from being eaten by, um, what's her name? Nadia. Nadia, Nadia. Our cat. <laughs> it was good, but I said, now Nadia has to go hungry. <laughs> so, our intentions are good. Um. And we are the nature of the good, actually, the realm in which we find ourselves. We don't fit. Surrounded by impermanence, and we feel uncomfortable with that impermanence. In pursuit of the good, we find that it's hard to be perfectly good. We are the nature of the good, and we are the permanent nature the ultimate good, ultimate duty. We are a unit of that. And so in our pursuit of the good, where we may come to some sense of frustration with regard to action, how to behave perfectly well. The Gita... Bhagavad Gita speaks about the mysteries of action. And, um, and despite the difficulty in understanding, it, uh, it gives us a glimpse into the idea of inaction within action. Uh, or, or, uh, to use the Gita's metaphor, uh, to be, how to be like a lotus. The lotus comes out of the mud, but it's not muddy. It's very beautiful. And you, want, you don't take the mud put it to your nose, but <laughs> the lotus, you would. And the lotus is also sitting in the water, but it seems to be untouched by the water. It's a entire flower, but above the water, so how to be in the water but not of the world. How to be in the water, how to be in the world, but not of the world. This is the, the art of action that the Gita refers to as, as yoga. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, central to this yogic life style is the principle of of sacrifice or giving. So moving away from being a taker in the direction of being a giver and a lover, ultimately. Hmm. And it is in this section of the Gita, in the fourth chapter, where this type of uh, kind of magical and mystical knowledge is being described, a kind of knowledge that arises out of sacrifice. Hmm. A kind of inner wisdom, something that you something that um that is gained but is really only known by the by the act of giving is synonymous with the act of giving we say in common english parlance to give is is to receive um so, this is really the principle that's being described. There's a kind of wisdom, insight, a kind of knowing that arises from this. And, um, and in the context of discussing this type of, of wisdom, the ingress of mystical wisdom, the Gita makes a very strong statement. And we, we came to the statement earlier this morning. In our discussion, and uh, I told we translate it and uh, speak about it appropriate as it is to the day of which we are gathered in celebration to honor the principle of the uh, Guru, Guru Tattva, the, the principle of uh, this kind of spiritual guidance, if you will. And that's what this verse is about, and it's right in the center, as I say, of this section about mystic uh, wisdom, different kind of wisdom, knowledge, different type of knowledge. And generally, we get knowledge outwardly by acquisition. Right? We explore, we examine the world of the matter, test it, and we get some understand how it works, and we use it for our material purposes and so forth. This is a different kind of knowledge now. It comes in a different way, by going within. We say, go within or go without. That's a fact, huh? Such is the nature of that knowledge, that wisdom, that it can make all of the knowledge of the world seem as ignorance in comparison. So, in the context of speaking about that type of wisdom, a very strong statement is made here. Tadvithi pra the fourth chapter, the thirty-fourth verse. Krishna says, vidhi that knowledge, so um, this is in reference to what's being precedes the verse, what's being discussed, the kind of mystical ingress of, of wisdom, the ingress of mystical insight. It comes as a, in a kind of a backward moving way moving within rather than without or rather than towards acquisition moving away from acquisition to the to the acquirer and the act of acquisition, material acquisition the, 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 the fullness of the acquirer he or she it the the, 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 the self that moves. Has causal efficacy with regard to matter in the world. Hmm. This is often lost. Hmm. So, to gain yourself is the idea. So, Tadviti, that knowledge that's been described. Here it says, Prinipatena, Padibrashnena, Selaya. How it is acquired. in one fail swoop, it is said, Upadakshanti te gyanas It is acquired by approaching in a particular way. And three words are used to describe that Pranipat, um, Praniprashnena, Zevaya. What is the word? Janinas Tatvadarsana, that we should approach someone who is, has jnana and who is a Tatvadarshi, mm. Janinas Tatvadarsana. So speaking about the principle, we will find the person mm, who has this knowledge, is, um refers to the theoretical side, mm to articulate that and uh, as far as possible I'm talking about a mystical kind of, 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 of knowledge knowledge of the self which is the self is mystical consciousness constituted self is something that's as we've often said very difficult to describe or define when we say consciousness we're not speaking about just being aware of something but that which has as its very, Nature, awareness, is of its very nature, uh, like uh, luminous, mm. light is luminous, and it has the power to illuminate. The mm. so consciousness as, as awareness is like the illumination, the power to illuminate. Mm. It can shed light on other things, but it itself is luminous. So we're a unit of... of Luminosity, light is often uh, used as a, as a way of referring to knowledge, from out of the darkness, into the light with the... From the darkness, from the light, is like the national anthem Hinduism. <laughs> <laughs> of the darkness from the light. Mm. And then we see um, graphically the light bulb in someone's head. We mm. got insight, something like that. Um, illumination. So we are luminous mm. by nature and have the power to illuminate, to shed light on other things. You understand something about matter and things, but matter and all the things that are made up of it, and even all the thoughts about it, hmm, are different from the self, the atma, that unit of consciousness, and so different, like the difference between experience and non-experience. Matter is non experiential itself; self is a unit of experience. Mm. So different that there's nothing in the world of things and thought really that we can compare consciousness to adequately. I mean, we just tried to light, but it's, it fails really to explain. It's a metaphor. it kind of give us some way of thinking about it, but to define something we are dependent on other things to compare it to. Consciousness is not a thing, nothing to compare it to. It's rather difficult to uh, define. That doesn't make it less important or less significant. It means that that, that it it derives from a plane beyond things, beyond thought. And... um, And we are that, uh, that, that, that that nature. We are mystical, in other words. Um, not biological, not psychological, but mystical. <laughs> um, and so there, that said, there still is a way to talk about it. We we're trying to do that. in this particular gathering. And this is what the word here, Ghanimas, refers to, kind of the theoretical knowledge. So the person who has the theoretical knowledge about not only consciousness, something else that's been described here as well. Tadvidhi, that which has been described, what has been described earlier is not only the, the knowledge of the self, but the knowledge of the source Of the self as well. Here we would compare the self to a spark and the source to the fire. So it's a, it's a, this verse is speaking about the need of a guru with regard to a theistic experience in transcendence. Mm. Rather than a non theistic, uh, transcendent experience like a buddhistic might be a non-theistic uh, transcendent experience. Mm. Theistic one, which makes for just enough difference. There's a the likeness between the spark and the fire, but there's a difference, too, for there to be some type of interaction in transcendence. And love is, is, is an interaction, it's an exchange, it's... Uh, measured on a scale of reciprocity. So so particularly here uh, it's interesting to note that the this is the only mention in the Gita of the principle of the guru it's brought up in relation to a theistic uh, perspective Transcendence. And as we see, if we have time, it's particularly pertinent to our tradition. In some traditions, the the non theistic guru has a role that then disappears at a certain point. In our tradition, the role becomes more significant as we go forward and and continues and have a factor a play, a play a role in our life in transcendence and perfection. That's very beautiful. And so, jnaninas, kakradaksha, two things mentioned here. We should um, approach a person, right? we'd be fortunate to find a person who, jnaninas, who knows the theory. Here the word gyaninas is in the plural, sounds word in the plural, Also, obviously, means more than one, but also the plural uh, case is used for, um, I would say, to show regard.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Plural case is often used to emphasize something uh, worthy of respect. Mm -hmm. So. Two things are fact here. Obviously, the person who is the bearer of this kind of knowledge um, is is worthy of, of, of respect. The knowledge, particularly, and then in the case it comes in, is uh, is invariably identified with with knowledge itself, mm-hmm. and so venerable. And at the same time, there's also a, a plurality here. So, what does that mean? That the God is one, but there are many... appearing in in different representational uh, forms. Like, if you might have one president of the United States, and he or she might have many ambassadors to many countries. Hmm? So, the Guru Principle is is, is plural... Even though it's representing a singular reality, the Godhead, in an ambassadorial kind of sense and representational sense. So, if the ambassador comes to your country, then you give a certain honor. He comes to Hawaii, you give him a lei. <laughs> Same with in India. We give it Western. Um, Uh, something to hold on to. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to identify with. So, uh, it's a simple thing. We, we do it in different ways. Uh, we shake hands and uh, so in this from um, the yeast to fold hands. Um, it's good to speak a little bit about some of these things because they are very much often misunderstood, misrepresented. The guru idea is very kind of like, I don't know about that part. <laughs> like, you know, but uh, I speak from my own experience. It's been very good for me to have a guru in my life. And um, the most, most important thing. So um, things that will look foreign. Um, I mean, I'm sitting here about six inches higher than everybody else. Um might look weird, but uh, it might bring some, some um, create some distance in pejorative in, in sense. Um, but you know, we in the Western world, we go to an auditorium and there's a stage and somebody speaking on stage and it's the person of honor. It's so the same principle in different cultures. It's played out in different ways and so forth. Mm. India is particularly a worshipful country. It's like in the mother of, of, of religion, India, and they worship everything here. <laughs> <laughs> so, and fathers and mothers, and cats, and dog cows, it was particular. But uh, any kind of teacher, anything, anyone you learn from, you can learn from everything, really. You pay attention, so the entire environment becomes um, a teacher if we're paying attention, Mm -hmm. and um, so um, um, one reality represented in in a number of uh, forms and honored mm, by those who identify that representation as, as such, not everybody will be able to identify we, a, a certain necessity is required within ourselves. Hmm. Um, we have a necessity, but whether we recognize it, identify it, or the extent of it, the measure of it, that is um, another thing. But a plurality, anyway, of gurus and uh, and, and and this also um, in our particular tradition is such that we may have a guru initiating guru, and there may be others who serve to help. Um, a supply ourselves in relation to that initiation and the mantra that we receive we serve and serve in the capacity of instructing uh, gurus. Mm-hmm. So, gyaninas refers to the knowledge. It's in the plural. It's some, It's a kind of knowledge. The um, person who bears that, who carries that, who shares that, who seeks to articulate that, theoretically, and so forth, is a venerable uh, person in the world. As much and much, much more so than uh, the many that we already venerate, whether they be Hollywood people or (laughs) sports figures or politicians or partners, and 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 to be honest with you, probably the person representing the spiritual knowledge is shorthanded or shorted the most as the first person to cross out. (laughs) <laughs> of the list. Or he or she should raise their voice and say that should not be done. But we listen to our kids yell at us all the time. there was <laughs> <No> problem. <laughs> For our husband or wife or whatever, parents in good case. Um but um therefore we had a small problem. Uh Following means... Who is interested in following this kind of knowledge is very peculiar because why ordinary knowledge of the world we gather for our own purposes. As I said last night, this knowledge has a purpose of its own. It has its own agenda and we find we're on its agenda. It's very... At the core, a change in our perspective. Again... Back to the start. You have a self-centered kind of perspective. So to change that, mm-hmm. that the world is not existing for me. This is a sh- quite a shift. Knowingly or unknowingly, we kind of move in the world as if it's for me. We see things, taste things, hear things, smell things. Uh, all of that in such a way that it fosters a certain self-identity that's that's um, as transient has the things that we smell and taste and, and, and touch that are here today and gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Self that arises, said, I like this, I don't like that smell, I like this taste, I like this temperature, not that temperature. All these likes and dislikes are forming in a sense of self. It's defined by those likes and dislikes, um, all in relation to things that, well, they might smell good today and they might smell bad tomorrow. <laughs> it's possible, so kind of self that arises out of that is is far less than permanent, enduring, and and, and, um, joyful. Mm -hmm. And filled with capacity to love and and to give. It's a taker. So the shift um, from being a taker to being a giver to being a lover I've often said that it love is born out of from the womb of sacrifice. Love sounds good. Sacrifice, I'm not so sure mm-hmm. about that part, <laughs> but uh, it's required.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so, so to have help in that regard mm-hmm. is uh, to be a sacrificer. It's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. and um, it is to move in the direction of being a lover. And uh, so, uh, we, to have the theoretical knowledge and be able to articulate explanations is, is not easy, I mean, particularly probably a small audience. Uh, that doesn't make it a bad thing. Uh, as they say, oftentimes that good things in small packages, small is beautiful, and, uh, and truth is not going to be a popular thing in the world of philosophy. Illusion. It's not going to be very popular. Um, So, therefore, the teacher of this kind of knowledge has to labor and have the ability to labor by command of the theoretical knowledge, um, labor to ground the students in the theory that we might be together for deeper than. Reasons than material emotions, appeals to it's a nice group, and, and so on and so forth. We are a group of people who probably many of us wouldn't be together <laughs> if it weren't for the central focus that we have, other different interests, desires, and from different backgrounds, and so on and so forth. So Something powerful brings us together that has the power to transcend our, our, our differences. And um, appreciate the differences of others and so forth. So, so this is one thing here I mentioned, the characteristic of the the teacher, ganiness, and now more important, also tadvidarshana. So, uh, we should, for that tadvidi, for that knowledge, one should approach one who is who has the yeah, the theoretical knowledge, and this theoretical knowledge also. I should also make the point. That there's a standard of knowledge, the sacred texts, and he or she is familiar with them, not in a a rote kind of way of memorizing and regurgitating and so forth, in a literal way, but in a dynamic way, able to enter into the text and live in the text and explain it in the times in which we live, which also then involves um, acquaintance with other kinds of knowledge, Hmm of this world, currents of thought in the world today. Mm? Uh Chakram commenting on a similar verse from the Bhagavatam. What is that verse? To know, one of the things mentioned in this verse is, to know that the, the uh, be mm. acquainted with the theory, mm. to the sacred text. And in commenting on that, Bishop Mitchell's and, and other books too, mm. hmm? I'll give you an example of what he meant. In the time in which our lineage was formed, many, many centuries ago, the founding teachers, the to the Goswamis, who's not the and so but they... Uh, Tomorrow we're celebrating the, the day of the appearance in the world of Sri Chaitanya, who our tradition is centered on. They sought to identify his ecstasy and locate it on the map of the sacred texts. What was it? What, it, what is it about? And so forth. And um, so they wrote prolifically in, in this regard. And um, mm-hmm. what they wrote become the kind of orthodox to teaching of, of Godi Vedanta. A particular school of devotional Vedanta and if you if you, if you understand how they wrote you can see that they were familiar with all the different philosophies of the day the philosophy uh, comedyams uh, uh, all these different there were six main darshans or philosophies at the time in the east in India and they were Familiar with them, their commentaries, and the Bob can draw on them, um, and they're in agreement with parts of them, and disagreement. Of course, they have their own darsha that they're articulating, but they were um, not only knowledgeable in in the tradition itself, and, and also, but they were also um, current with thought at the time. So this is this kind of. Uh, this, this quality is, is required for kind of making and keeping, I should say, speaking the, about the teachers in such a way that they remain alive in all times in a certain sense. So today, of course, there's more than six philosophical views. Good, <laughs> we've got six million. Uh, it, uh, and uh, and uh, this is, of course, at a certain time in history, in the Western world, philosophy became unhinged from theology from, from revelation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it was, the mind was given a license just to do whatever it wanted, and think about things or whatever it wanted. And that is thought to be freedom. Mm-hmm. In modern Western society, be free to think however you want. That could be a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freedom of choices, and then we, through technology, we, we, we make more and more choices. I don't know about you, but I find it quite a problem. You mm-hmm. want to buy anything. And then you got to look it the look it up on the internet, buy it or whatever. You find there's too many varieties, and too many. You got to get it go buy a book now, and find out all the differences, all the pluses and the minuses. And it's, uh, so it's a recipe for unhappiness, actually, uh, trouble, more trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, too many choices, that is. Two choices: material or spiritual. Life. <laughs> Make the choice, right choice. And, and this, actually, the spiritual life is is simple. It's simpler. It's it's less complicated. It's not easy to do, but it's simpler, in a in, in a beautiful way. Simplicity is a very uh um, quality. It's full of common sense. And, uh, and you know, well, we were chanting. It's a trans exercise. It's not difficult to do, but it's difficult to do <laughs> because of our lack of knowledge and the condition of our heart, and so on and so forth. But um, material life, by contrast, is, is very complicated, very difficult. Attempt to figure everything out and put ourselves in the center. It's very so a lot of competition for that. Every moving and living thing where a competition with. That's rather difficult uh, course mm-hmm. to navigate. Mm-hmm. And if you try to get out of the center, hey, everybody's going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no problem. Let me get out of the center. Go. Living force. Go for One less person to deal with. So, to compete with. Mm-hmm. So. So. He or she who should be gaining should have the theoretical knowledge and the knowledge of the tradition, and such that that with some familiarity with currents of thought at the time that he may capture or she may capture the mind and the intelligence and the art of the student, mm-hmm. capture it, and then if the heart is captured, and everything goes along. Follow them all, and then bring intelligence in there as well. That, that faith that's, that's uh, born can be strengthened, mm-hmm. strengthened, which is strengthened practice and commitment to practice. Even when the winds and storms of the mind blow and make it difficult, and the circumstances in our lives change, and, and something that was wonderful turned into a problem, got it in and. Broke. <laughs> uh, so these are, the, these are the kind of obstacles and whatnot that we, we, we run into. And with initial faith and then faith strengthened by the, by the theory, presented from all different angles again and again, kind of get cornered, so to speak, and we become sadhaka, <coughs> sort of practitioners, of with regard to the spiritual pursuits, what our life is and everything else gradually becomes like music, it's just in the background, you know, goes on like mm-hmm. and then it's tied into what we do, it's tied into it, so it becomes meaningful, it's very much more meaningful. And that which was not meaningful unto itself becomes meaningful in relation to spiritual pursuit. I mean, I could have a partner, someone could have a partner. <laughs> A significant other and it would be meaningful, meaningless from a spiritual perspective mm-hmm. if we were to work together for spiritual pursuit to be we stronger than one, mm-hmm. something like that. So, mm-hmm. love has the power to turn the faults into ornaments, mm-hmm. to uh, make weaknesses, strengths, and so forth. So so the teacher, he or she, must have theoretical knowledge, and the theoretical knowledge itself is honorable. Therefore, the word used here, is in plural. For reasons I mentioned this one again, this is a special kind of knowledge. It, 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 It moves us. If it doesn't move us, then we don't have to move. If it does move us, we kind of like, (laughs) whoa well, <laughs> is just different? <laughs> if we feel it, then we, we, we get it, and it, it, it moves us. It moves us in a different way. Yeah. Um, that's why we're always putting our head on on the ground because other Indian thing, don't <laughs> But that's good. Um, <laughs> so in the material life, it's thought that you know we get ahead by stepping on our heads so of people. Here we think we get ahead by having our heads stepped on. It's, 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 it's good. Mm-hmm. to take a serving kind of position. So, uh, so the theoretical knowledge it's it itself is honorable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it's powerful. Therefore, if someone is, has a, a grasp on the knowledge, they can. It's possible they can turn our if we give their our, an ear, a sympathetic ear, um, a teaching teachable moment is, arises, can turn our head. But we need to turn more than the head. We need to turn the heart. And therefore, another word is used here to describe the teacher. Gyaninas and Tatva Darshina. Darshina. means to see. So he or she is not only one who possesses the theoretical knowledge and is able to articulate it, but is speaking about what they're seeing Mm -hmm. so there's theoretical knowledge and then there's realization. Mm -hmm. Two things. Now, if you have a cow, then there's a lot of work to keep a cow.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take care of the cow. Mm -hmm. But only certain cows give milk. Ones that are in lactation. Having got a calf, And have milk. So if we have a teacher. That has a theoretical knowledge. But is not speaking about what to see. then It's like having a cow. It's not a milk. You have to go through all the work. Take care of the cow. So both things are important here. If you have a teacher. Who is a seer. But can an articulate, if he or she sees it, it's difficult to take advantage, then. You there are teachers left them. They're not really teachers, They're, They may be saying people are difficult to take advantage but they can't articulate it. Still, there be some benefit to be in their presence. But mm, the importance of articulating is there to clear the doubts, answer questions, and so forth. And so, and the power to do that beyond having command of the theoretical knowledge derives from having experience. About the relation of that which one is speaking about so this is what the term Darshan means one should course approach a person who has command of the theoretical knowledge at the same time the command of knowledge is to, is is backed if you will or empowered by experience so if I have the experience of something I'm going to be able to speak about it more in a more compelling way if it is moving me and changing me then when I speak about it, it happens, or well, whoever does, it, it has the power to, to, to change others as well. And we know this practically. I mean, if you have a good, you know, you get together, a man and a woman, let's say, they want to have a family, they have a couple kids, they want the kids, they have certain ideals hmm, that they'd like to instill upon their, their children, and um, But they find that to the extent that they themselves don't live up to the ideals, however much they try to instill them in the kids, the kids are not that dumb. <laughs> they tend not to follow. So the best thing you can do to teach your kids is is to, is, to, is to do the things that you want, to exemplify the things that you want, want to teach them, embody them, mm-hmm. that will have, have power um, even they may not follow it for some time, but they may reveal, as we all have um, ourselves, but still, that example is there. And it doesn't sway. That has power. Hmm. And often come back to God. Say, We're still there. I've lived now so many years, and i going here, there, and I see you still the same, same values, and then they're alive, so, so this is the practical example. So it is with, with, with the teacher as well. So both of these terms we used are used. Important. Gyanas hmm? A seer, hmm? a seer of that which cannot be seen with uh, with twenty twenty vision, hmm? a seer of that which is taught about here in, in theory, because along with the theory is also but the practice by which the theory would become, well, a reality for us, a practical reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's uh, something to be experienced. And the way the knowledge works, of course, is, is such that a good part of the knowledge shared mm, through experience and through explanation will be such that it's readily apparent to us. Um, I could say, for example, that uh, that attachment is the um, womb from which suffering is born. Mm. So we're attached to something we can't keep it. So invariably, if we like it, what's I mean by attached to it, we can't keep it. So it's a problem mm. um, when we want things we've got a problem. Now we've got to labor to make effort and so forth. Um, So it's like something that, you know, yeah, of course. Type of a thing. It's not hard to agree with. It's it's, it's difficult to disagree with. But it's not the way we usually think about things nonetheless. But when we hear it, yeah, I'm sure. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of the knowledge is, is like that. It's 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 really looking at what's right in front of us, mm-hmm. looking at it from a slightly different angle, and it's not that difficult to catch that angle from when it's explained. And huh, and so there's a somewhat of an epiphany that moves us in the direction of the teaching and practice itself. That will hmm, let's live according to that angle of vision. That makes that makes sense. There's another aspect of the knowledge, however, it's not as readily Mm -hmm. visible. uh, If you take the Gita as an example, the Gita is divided into 18 chapters. There's six chapters, six, six, and six, three sixes. The first six chapters chapters are all about us, which is pretty attractive. People like to read about themselves, so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's a good device. It's all about you, what you are, you, as a unit of consciousness, you are eternal, <laughs> so many good qualities. Um, uh, um, much of the, the nature of the self in terms of what it is not, which, is what, what, which would be undesirable as described in the first six chapters. Then the second six chapters are all about the Godhead. So we're the spark, then then the fire. Hmm? Um, hmm. So knowing oneself as a spark, acquainted with that, enables us to understand the nature of fire that much better when it's talked about. But if we just start talking about the fire, it's hard to, you know, I'm not so sure. It might sound sectarian or narrow or uh, even ominous. Some of the things Krishna says about himself, I am this. So. so, but first it's not that you are. There's so much dignity to you. You are. You're more than a man or a woman. These are small ideas, narrow ideas. More than any national identity, planetary universal identity, and so on. So it's very flattering, it's very true, too, what we are. So you have the consciousness. And those first chapters are a little more, maybe easier to identify with. It speaks about things that are more in front of us that we just, we're looking at from a different angle. Now we see it from the fetus angle. Oh, this makes sense. And then there are the invisibles, hmm? the theological part. Hmm? You know, the psychology, the nature of the self, and now the nature of the Godhead. Hmm? But because we've heard about the self, it's such a way okay, from the teacher that it's compelling then then further that is less visible, it requires deeper uh, experience and, and practice. The nature of this... We can't talk about the nature of the world, and then we can talk about the nature of the subjective world and all its possibilities. They are just incredible, comparatively. I mean, just to give a very crude example... My guru used to say, "In this world, you can find gold, and you can find a mountain. But you can't find a golden mountain. <laughs> but in a dream world, you can have golden mountains, right? Oh, well, range of them. <laughs> it's it's not a problem. In the mental world, it's easy to make money, make a business, and you've got it all figured out. You can even put it on paper. You have the architecture of it. So, then when you physically try to play it out, well, a lot of businesses fail. So, the possibilities, as we move from the gross to the subtle, increase. Possibilities in the physical world are, are, are very limited. Possibilities in the mental world are exponentially greater. And now we're moving from objective to kind of a quasi-subjective world. I prefer the mental world as a quasi-subjective world because its range of thoughts is all preoccupied with the physical world. Mm. So it's a quasi-subjective world. Now, a purely subjective world, a world of consciousness itself, what are the possibilities that lie there? Mm. We have doubts about the possibilities that lie there owing to our identification with the Objective physical world and all of its limitations. We've been taught in the beginning that you're not even of that world, you're not even you. You're impossible. Hmm? From a classical physics point of view, you are impossible. And at least for a long time, Western society has thought that classical physics explained the whole world and there's no place for a self. If hmm? it had any power, meaning, value, why talk about it? Hmm? Um, and still, Considerable pushing in that in that direction, in terms of materials and as a philosophy. Hmm. So, so there's the nature of the knowledge is such that some of it is more readily perceivable. How to look at the world from a different angle of vision that can help, then, you to see yourself, hmm. and then. And the possibilities of, in the land, in the soil of the self, in the realm of consciousness are you know, just uh, extraordinary. And some of those extraordinary things are talked about in the, in the teaching. It's this idea of transcending love, meaning with the divine play of the Godhead, and so forth, to enter into that, and so on. It's a very deep uh, and interesting, very interesting theological um, insights. They're very in very, much in a seed form in in Gita. But all of these, hmm, these are, um, should be within the command of the Guru the experience and ability to articulate. And as uh, I said earlier, we go more and more deeply into the subjective world, in the real world, in the meditative world, hmm, then the role of the teacher becomes more and you know, more significant. In, in the divine leela of Krishna, for example, guru is present there also, mm. and, and um, so mm. um, teacher doesn't doesn't disappear. becomes more, more significant. I think in the Godhi tradition, the, the, of the guru is, is more uh, vital than any other tradition of Vedanta. Mm. We have. For example, the nice prayer that we sing in the morning, composed by um, in the 1700s by Vishwam Chakritaka, Buna Vastakam, eight prayers described in the guru. One of the things, one of the prayers there is, he says, Sakshadharitya Nisimastashastra. Kintu Prabhoreyate Nisimastashastra. hari Nisimastashastra. So he says, in an ambassadoral sense, as I spoke earlier, the guru should be honored like God is honored. The president, that ambassador, should be honored like the president, even though the ambassador knows I'm not the president. Hmm. Guru knows I'm not God, but on behalf of God, accepting some honor and the knowledge about God, and so forth. Hmm. So this is the the general idea. Hmm. And it's pretty relative to all the, all the Hindu traditions, it extends also across culture. Saints and Catholicism, for example, Christian teaching, at least the Roman Catholic teaching, There's quite an emphasis on, on the saints, the followers of Christ as, as, as they're thought to be. Uhm, interesting parallel the Vaishnava, the devotee, worship to God and the worshipable place in society. That's what we were was saying to Ali the other day. It's more easy to dismiss God than it is to dismiss love of God. You could say, Where's God? It's kind of a dumb thing to say, but, um, but the saint says where is there not God? And acts very differently in the world um, in, in ways that that, that speak to us about his or her independence of the world. Lack of necessity, Mm -hmm. um, self-reliance, and a perfectly, I mean, perfectly uh, a person who exemplifies a solution to all economic problems, all environmental problems, all political problems. Mm -hmm. Hmm quite a bit uh, going on with regard to these problems so the sadhu hmm, Saint the uh, the adept spiritually has really solved these these problems isn't it it's mm-hmm. obvious that everyone will become like that we really have this is hardly get away from that hmm? very uh, extraordinary uh, kind of uh, Person and that person is a lover of God. Hard to dismiss that person. They've been around in the society and their names keep coming up the Buddha, Rice, Krishna, Vita. And they come in different countries, different cultures, Rumi, amongst the Sufis, so forth. So hard to dismiss these people. Mm. We can dismiss them if we don't understand them. What are they talking about? There's a lot of that, that goes on. Well, because they're kind of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, certainly not, not, not self promoting. Hmm? Self promotion is very much part of the, you know, what you need to do. Right? you got to have, have your public resume.
0: <laughs>
1: see something. See me. Mm-hmm. Latins, Romans, the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to have that, and you have to promote yourself. So this is very—I'm not a self-promoting occupation, Saint But somehow, it remains magnetic with all the effort not to promote. Still, people coming forward and promoting, their names are there. Hmm. Right? I mean, they were beggars. They had no money. Jesus had no money, right? Just had no money. The had no money. No. Hmm. They had some had a big position in the government. They gave it all up. Hmm. So, not at all self-promoting. But been, who's promoting them?
0: Hmm.
1: One time I was walking with Rupen and Baden. Sometimes when we would walk and he would turn to me and say, so, to what are they saying? Because I was, as a service to him, I was readily in touch with the public speaking and promoting his books and so forth. And I would I said, well, sometimes they say that, well, you're just parasites, you people, living off of us, asking for donations from us. And then the prophet said, then stop giving. That was his answer. <laughs> and they said but you can't <laughs> you're going on you can't so somebody else is supporting us you think you're supporting us but actually we're not living off of you we're living off of something else the spiritual energy and that is supporting us and you're the medium to it to one extent or, 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 or another
0: mm. this idea mm. Mm.
1: so it's hard to dismiss love of God mm. Easier to dismiss God in a sense, but, but the two correspond because you cannot have love of God unless they've
0: mm.
1: And the power, for example, the history, historicity of Krishna. When we uh, we were talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tomorrow, in Krishna's Kaviyaras Goswami, in his text, Chaitanya Charitamriti, when he begins to speak about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he identifies him with Krishna, who appeared thousands of years ago. Well, maybe. And that's the question that may come to mind. You compare Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Krishna, but was there ever a Krishna? Can we find him historically? No. It's questionable. Then you can well, oh, there are there's, there's some old coins, and about Krishna's name, and so on and so forth. Even if you'd found him historically, you wouldn't find him in terms of how he appears in the Bhagavatam, which is Krishna seeing through the eyes of devotion so it's like someone could see the teacher and go, I didn't, I didn't get anything out of that Thought was weird, and somebody else went, oh my God, and he just powerful and and so forth, so take takes some to see but mm, love of God is powerful, and love of God corresponds with God, for there to be love of God and, and when we speak of love of God we're speaking about, not just I love God mm, and what else is there to do <laughs> I love God too. <laughs> 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 uh, I love God, so you know let's go beat those people up over there. This is not what like that. that. There's some, some knowledge to what it constitutes. Hmm? It's not loving anything else. It's loving everything else at the same time. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not loving anything else and loving everything. Mm-hmm. Not any selfish way. So there are symptoms. And love of God is is, is involved in, in, in the effacement of the of, this, of the material ego, disappearance hmm? of sexism, racism, nationalism,
0: hmm?
1: and so forth, hmm? this is kind of the ground out right, of which the soil out of which it, it arises. This love of God. Hmm? So, at any anyway, rate, without any self-motion, somehow they're alive and well and, and powerfully. Influencing. I mean, what did the Buddha do? He sat under a tree. That's, <laughs> that's all he did. <laughs> he sat under a tree, and like, there's millions of people all over the world still, you know, glorifying the Buddha. Trying to figure out, how was a sinning, you know. <laughs> what tree was it? <laughs> Missing the point, maybe, in many respects, but at any rate, that's all he did. Sit under the tree, and then, you know, talk to God a little bit. Some people had some, some questions. Hmm? And um, it's not going to go away. That's just one example, and they're all molecules. It's not going to go away. These are real people, real people, hmm? and there's something on the other side, the invisible side, that's corresponding with the reality as we perceive it in them, which is supernatural. Hmm? Anybody who can who can rise above the uh, or harness, let's say, human passions is, well, a, a spiritual athlete,
0: mm-hmm. if
1: you will. I mean, this is uh, not easy to do. It's supernatural. Mm-hmm. The natural world means we're subject to the passions of uh, the call of the wild, so to speak, to the rise above it. That's something observable. That's, and that's just the tip of the that iceberg. That's the point. That's just the That's just the doorway, to all the things, rising above the domain, the realm of, of impossible. Hmm? Oh, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. Hmm? So we we're kind of constantly meeting the material. Impossible. You, you grow up. You stop asking questions that you had as kids. Einstein said that once was asked why he was, so what do you, his intelligence. He said, "This is what I've heard. I'm not sure if it's true, but it's a nice story." But, uh, that he never stopped asking the questions that he asked as a child. Chuck says, "Why? Why? Why?" Dad says, I "Eat this. Hold on to this. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, flashy light. Something moves. No, don't ask those questions. Just be periodic, quiet. With the glare and the glitter and, and so forth, it's too hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's for children, those questions. Adults know they can't do it. those questions can't be. There's impossible because a you were, there was, as we so-called mature,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is a realm where it's impossible is not found in the dictionary. Yes. This is our whole run so we belong to that, that realm of all possibilities. Mm-hmm. So to get help to go there, mm-hmm. it's useful. And some of the things the teacher will talk about, theologically, we'll talk about the God there. Mm-hmm. That would be difficult for us to see, but we can see the future. Mm-hmm. Be, very good. <laughs> we would focus there, and we would find it compelling. Mm-hmm. And we're tired then. The so you'll get the same experience if the teacher is as described here, gallinas, tapudashin, and if, as described here, we approach in the right way. It says here, who predikshantitay ke gallinas Who is gallinas tapudashin? Who predikshantitay? He or she will explain it us. Who said? Come. Who said? It's my story confessional. I'll tell you my story. I used to think like this. Kind of now, so I met my guru. I started to think like this. I knew that. And, and in the context of explaining, mm-hmm. it's not a
0: monologue.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is a misconception. You think, oh, we're going to consider the guru. We're just going to talk. and are going to brainwash us. We're not going to have... We're going to lose our ability to think independently it's sort of what here it's described as a conversation. We could have shanti or small or Prashnana. means inquiry. So we are we have a role to play as students to inquire. What shall we inquire? Not ordinary inquiries. Mm. And, 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 and and not out of the ordinary inquiries, only for the sake of intellectual entertainment. Inquire in a meaningful way as to how I might progress, how I might change. I might get a better understanding of the teaching so that I might be able to employ that understanding in my practice, which is all about changing from this egocentric perspective of the enjoyer, to being served server, a sacrificer, a lover. Hmm. This is a meaningful type of inquiry. My groomer once said that he had no questions to ask of his guru except for one question, how can I serve? So that encapsulates the whole idea, but we may have other questions about the teaching, but so all of the spirit of how can I become a, serve, a server rather than a, uh, an enjoyer? And it should be clear also that as much as the guru represents the godhead in the ways in which I've explained, he or she is also different in another way. And that is, representing the godhead, who is the enjoyer, the center, but embodying also the spirit of service. So the guru is also a servant. Who's the best servant? Is the best teacher, because we're teaching about service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, so meaningful inquiry, and and then reply. So this is the dialogue. Even the whole idea of revelation in the Hindu context is is really a dialogue. There are the sacred texts, and they're shared, and there's response that comes from us, and therefore the, the, the texts continue to grow. The body of wisdom, the theoretical wisdom, begin to grow there's a, there's a, a myth out there in in the world today that science is such that it reforms itself religion doesn't it's just not true but this is just to misunderstand religion theology is the expression of the religion and, and script traditions that is it expresses its living, growing understanding of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spiritual life is not a dead thing. Everything's already one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's material life. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to count to ten. Mm-hmm. Figure out the whole of matter and how it works mm-hmm. and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're back to like starting over again so. It's just that's what to speak. Then it's spiritual life. It's just it's so much more dynamic. Um, so there may be a kind of a literal and static presentation that may be useful at a certain point to around this but The reality is, it's a world of many possibilities. So it's not black and white. It's hundred and eight shades. Of that's not a very good point for <laughs> <laughs> Two hundred and fifty six of the computer language. So um, and that's the nature of love. Love is affirming, confirming you feel secure in it, but it you have also some insecurity of Oh heck of this. You Will you love me tomorrow? <laughs> uh, well, it's a wild kind of a ride, so to speak. So the, the, the two things are together there. It's, you don't want to get off, but where you go, you don't you don't know. Society. Mm-hmm. So it is with spiritual life, and so there's this ongoing. There's so much room for questions for inquiry, and and of course, then the answers will be given, and they'll be based on the revelation and as I said earlier, knowledge of the day to help explain them in a relevant way and keep them alive and so forth. Ongoing, ongoing. We have a commentarial and a tradition of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of years of commentaries on the same texts. One time, my groomer, she had written a commentary on Bhagavad Gita. So he asked one of the students who was doing editing for him, what, what book should I write next, do you think? And the student yeah. said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> what should I know, how could I? <laughs> he was a little bit like that, and then Prabhupada said, I think maybe Bhagavad Gita. And then the student said, Prabhupada, oh, you already did that, Bhagavad Gita. And he said, well, yeah, there can be so many commentaries on Bhagavad Gita, yeah. uh, I can never say much about that. So, um, so it's the nature core texts I and mean, you have traditionists say thousands of years I'm going to commentate. it's not supposed to stop now it's supposed to go on and keep it alive and so forth and be alive to new circumstances and how to apply it and, and so forth and new inquiries and so on and so forth so it's a very, uh, actually this kind of oftentimes debate between science and religion is this debate between scientism and fundamental religion <laughs> scientists want to distance themselves from the scientists and, the, and the mystics theologians want to distance themselves from the fundamentalist religion. Those two were arguing over there. <laughs> <and> part <laughs> of that. <laughs> so, um, so, on the part of the student, then, there's relevant inquiry. The word is used
0: pranipat
1: Pranipat means uh, it's a, again, it's an Indian kind of example. Uh, pranam, you know, the word pranam. It's, it's, it's a way of showing respect that, and it's a feeling, it's a feeling that this knowledge is, is, is venerable. It's like, it moves me in a way that ordinary knowledge doesn't. And it, and calls on me to. Changes in my life that are no good, no good for me, but I, I resist to some extent still. So, I just honor it <laughs> anyway, at least physically. Maybe that'll help <laughs> something like that. And it will, it mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. So, ferny pots and uh, putty crush nana, putty not just crush nana, but uh. Just questions, prushna, pretty prushna. So, the right kind of questions, they said. And then the third thing, say what I have. So, to to come before the teacher you know, submissive kind of mood to learn. I mean, this sounds ominous submission, submissive, whatever it is. It's the same thing. You go to school, you've got to be submissive to the teacher, to the, to the knowledge that you teach You can't just stand up. So I think it should be like this. We're teaching, that it's like this, okay? That's <laughs> what <laughs> so we're doing here, you know. And your parents, you paid money so that you could teach you, whereas nothing could teach you. So some measure of submission is, is required for, for learning anything. Hmm? And if the knowledge is such that, that knowing it, one feels nothing else needs to be known. Hmm?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It makes material knowledge look like ignorance in comparison. It's so so fulfilling but mm-hmm. so naturally, as we hear about it from the, from the qualified source, we will create guess, a submission and regard in, in, in our selves, which we then qualify us so that, will make us more like, receptive to it, mm-hmm. so able to soak it up. It has the power to create a teachable um, moment, mm-hmm. And so then we're going to ask questions, then to render, to render service. needs means to take the knowledge and apply it. And we apply it to, um, in the practical ways, when the teacher the teacher is teaching, and he or she is just involved absorbed in the teaching. They might forget about eating, or they might forget about sleeping, need to have a some people living on the ground, the Goswami's were described like it, this. The Puranjali took a lot of sleep to The students. They would go, You should sleep now. Here's a pillow. You mm. should eat something now. Here's mm. something like this. This is the sale of it. Mm. It's in our interest. He doesn't eat, then what? He'll probably be able to teach <laughs> my puppy <son. laughs> something. Mm. It's not in his or her interest it's not necessarily. He's yeah. really preoccupied. These ideas in our interest. They said that um, Krishna very much wanted to serve his devotees, but the devotees only want to serve Krishna, so there's this uh, competition. And the devotees win most of the time. (coughs) Krishna has a trump card, and the trump card is at the same time. He's pretty good. That is that he gets people to become devotees of his devotees. And through them, they serve as devotees. So his objective. Is, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so to serve the devotee and, and the superlative devotee, as through the padparashi, this is um, this is to fulfill the ambition of Krishna. Mm-hmm. In some way, they don't. need anything. They not want it. They can take it. Take take not takers. So. Actually, drawn it. we But in a way, we were drawn to do draw something, and so forth. And, uh, you know, they have, as in our case, we have a mission, so we wanted permission to flourish, and so forth. Why? So when they have festivals like this. People think, oh, it's a nice place, and a nice atmosphere, and, and, and take uh, sanctified foods, and we to grown here, and so forth, with our own barriers, you know. And, uh, you know, everything we do here is all... Um, yogic, yogic sensibilities and picking flowers for Krishna, cooking for Krishna, growing for Krishna, milking for Krishna, taking care of his cows, and so forth. And so it's um, these places like this are, are, are always associated. and here I hear from myself and I'm an author, so I write books, the books are shared, and so these things should go on. But these are in our interest, students' interest, to see them happen. Therefore, we want to facilitate that this was what the life of the student, whether he be a monk or she be a a, 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 a householder, mm-hmm. in every case, mm-hmm. um, the, um, we we want to see these these things um, uh, go on. So they're in our interest. So we seek to facilitate them with whatever. Um, Regardless of our, our, our approach, so from a household point of view, for example, we have, we have the opportunity to make a living, have a family, and so forth. And then we have some, also some what they call, what do they call it? Disposable income? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Throw it over here. <laughs> so, and then we can invest in your in creating spiritual facilities. So printing the book, opening the ashram, this needs to be about. Two thirds finished with developing the whole grounds and everything that we want to do here. Mm. So um these are um, this is all within the word here, seva, remote service. So it's very it's very practical. So again, Tad Vidhi, Pranibhana Pari Pashnana Seva, the Chant Digya. Yeah, I mean, tough for you. Any question?